0: Today's episode is going to be a good one. I'm in the car because we're moving. We are road tripping to Montana soon. So everything's getting packed and moved because we are moving to Montana. So what we decided to do is do an amazing special episode And we brought in the summaries of the top five most downloaded episodes of 2020. So what we did is we took the biggest takeaway, the most implementable and needle moving takeaway from each of the five and put them together in one podcast for you. So the number one was how to build a legacy business that makes a difference with my friend Alex Sharfin. The next one was from self-sabotage to self-empowerment, my journey to rock bottom and back with my buddy Dom. And then the third one is a Buddhist monk who drops the F-bomb out of frustration. Number four was what's working in social media going into 2020 and beyond. And then number five is accepting mediocrity or planning for greatness. And so we took a section of each one that you can listen to today and immediately apply into your 2021 with each one of those. So we summarize the best episodes. I'm going to get ready to drive. I'm going to go keep packing my car, but let's get into the episode. And then I realized that authenticity was my new survival tool because I could be authentic to the point where I could keep you where I wanted you without you ever getting to my heart. Yeah. And that was the new game. and that, That's so intense. That was the game until a year ago. And, that is so intense. And it was the break. Remember, I told you about that break. It was when I had to walk away from caveman. Consulting was doing great, but my relationship was on the rocks. I was a horrible – I wasn't. I was being a horrible father, horrible relationship with myself, and I had to really unplug and start going deep into breath, into shamanic journeys, into some plant medicine, and I walked away from social media for, you know, a year and a half. I changed my phone number. I, I don't want to say I cut out the relationships. I honored myself for the first time. as was willing to be myself without relationships. Yeah. And then it was on the other side of that that I was like, holy shit. And I realized how protective I was still, but my new armor was authenticity. And so I'd worked on everything and I was like, what's the armor that nobody can see as armor? And I had this thing in my life as an entrepreneur and a human that if I hid in plain sight, nobody could catch me, right? So I'm in the Marine Corps. I'm bulimic and an addict, but yet I'm running a perfect physical fitness test, a perfect combat fitness test. I'm a Marine Corps martial arts instructor. I'm a rescue swimmer. And I have the highest marks ever. So nobody's ever going to ask me a question or realize I'm abusing opiates. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm bulimic. Well, if I'm a paleo food blogger with a number one app, a 22 week New York Times best selling cookbook, who the hell is going to question my eating disorder? Nobody. That became authenticity for me. I've never talked about this
1: ever until this current moment. Ever. And it's so intense that you're talking about it, George, because. We've all I mean, I think anybody who's been in the public eye or who's been in that place has done stuff like this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know there's definitely times there's there's actually a point in my career where we were showing other businesses how to grow. But I was doing do as I say, not as I do. I was doing there was stuff that I was showing other businesses that I wasn't actually putting into my own life and business. There was stuff I was coaching entrepreneurs to do that. I was kind of half assing myself and so many of us have been in that place where and and honestly george what you just described i think is kind of the behind the scenes of so many people who go out to help other people we're out there you know helping other people in the help that we need the most mm-hmm. and we're out there making the, the difference for other people in the difference that we really just need to turn towards ourselves and so for me there was this massive growth period it's funny how you describe that because I also, you know, got really deeper into therapy. Um, tried some some psychedelic medicines, not just plant medicine, yep. but I, I did a, did some other stuff, both clinically and outside of um, a clinical environment, uh, in a protected environment. Yeah. But um, very. protected I'll add a disclaimer
0: to the intro of this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally, and um, and what I realized was I spent most of my career trying to help uh, man i'm getting super emotional over this
0: i'm i'm at the brink at this point right now
1: (laughs) yeah no kidding um so i spent most of my career trying to help other people with the struggles that i was experiencing and still had not helped myself and there was some broken equation in my mind that the more i helped other people eventually it would come around to me and a few years ago i remember like this transitionary period, it wasn't a day, it wasn't a moment, it wasn't a time, it was a period where I started like actually putting the time into myself and I started taking my own advice. I started doing the things that I told other people to do. I actually started something that was profound. I stopped telling anyone to do anything I wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. And if I found myself in a situation where I was like, oh, here's what you need to do, I doubled down and made a hundred percent certain that I was doing it first, and then I went back and told that person. And that has been the most profound shift in my life because I can't hide from that. Yeah,
0: hence why I you write. A, hence why I write a daily email now.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and you know what? I, I don't write the daily email. I have I have a different practice. Well, I that's up, my like, that's my
0: outlet. That was one of that's them. Yours. Yeah, that that's was yours. one of them. Mine,
1: is, mine is getting up and and every day going through our system, going through the system that I encourage other entrepreneurs to go through, and and making it so that it counts. And here's what's so so fascinating. The results that we get today with other people are so off the charts compared to anything that I've ever been able to produce in my life. And they are so different and so profound and so real. They're not temporary, they're not elusive. Like people are actually changing massive things in their lives and I absolutely believe it's because now I don't just have the knowledge and the understanding of what should be happening. Whew, shit, um, this is hard to say. There, but there's a tear running down
0: my cheek as we speak because Alex <laughs> is speaking to my current situation.
1: Right. Well, and and George, you know, here's 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 what actually happened. I realized that energetically, energetically is is energy changes everything. It's everything. the energy behind what you're saying. It's the it's the energy behind what you're doing. And now, when I walk out on a stage. Or when I'm in front of other people or when I have an opportunity like I did this week with our members in our in our virtual event we did this week, when I say, like, this is how you should be doing this and this is how it works, I'm saying it from a place of not, not just authenticity, but actual function process driven congruency. And people hear it now and they're like, oh, okay, well, I'll do that. I don't, I don't argue with people anymore. I don't have to sell people or persuade them anymore. I share my personal experience and I literally can watch them shifting in the moment and saying, this is what I'm going to do now. This is how it's going to work now. And it's because it's coming from a place of actually having done it, not experimenting with other people, which is what, what I think a lot of consultants and coaches and thought leaders, and that's what we're out there doing until we make this shift.
0: And I'm in the middle of this shift and and I'll share (laughs) something else that I've never shared because it's coming up as we speak. I'm in the part of the transition where I'm actually believing that what I know and what I do can be made into a process and as good enough as it is without the compensation. Hell yeah,
1: man. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's that is where such I. Such a real place in the process, George, dude. They, when you, so you're, you're going through that as we speak. As we speak.
0: Yeah. As we speak. Like, I have my models, I have my processes that were all built learning the game on other people's businesses, right? And I've joked that I got to play Monopoly with other people's money. And luckily, I was good at Monopoly. Like, that, yeah. that was the joke that I make. And I mean that. Like, I, I was so afraid of letting people down that I never lost. But at the same time, yeah. I did it at the sacrifice of myself.
1: Yeah. When you just said, uh, I was so afraid of letting people down, uh, all I heard was how much of a sacrifice it is to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because what that really means is it, it's at all costs. All, it was, it, it was else at all. I mean,
0: cost. I'm, I'm tearing. It was at all costs. Like, same here. And man. there's still ramifications from two, three years ago that creep in today because yeah. of how deep those costs
1: were. Yeah. And oh, man, there's ramifications from 20 years ago for me. Totally, You know, I'll I'll see or I'll talk to somebody that I knew as my former self or in that life. And they still react to me like I was back then. And I can feel it. I can feel how I was through their reactions, through how they speak to me, through how we just connect. And I think to myself, man, how 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 did I survive that? That, you know, I'm so uncomfortable in the, in the present day interaction that I know was completely driven by me and who I was in the past. And you feel that. And it's, it, it's this, it's like, it's like punch every time, every time, every time. And, yeah. and what it does for me is it, it drives me to be more committed and more grounded and more in a place where I won't share anything that I'm not doing myself. And, you know, I, I always joke about the person in the room who who is is always the one that will most freely give advice and and is the most enthusiastic of their about their advice is usually the one who knows the most and has experienced sorry who knows the least and has experienced the least because there's no responsibility to the advice they give now given given what I've been through and and kind of making that shift through focusing on others to make myself happy then learning that the only way to really do it was focusing on then taking that out to others that has really been the most profound learning experience it's one of those that that it's not like I'm done I mean I don't even know if I'm five percent of the way there I just know that like that that realization in itself shifted everything in my world
0: I tell everybody I'm four percent of the game of a hundred at this point that's, (laughs) that's where I am It's really interesting dom because even before the episode we were joking and you're like oh which one on the list and i didn't even know and then when you said it and you're like these are who you are and i was like holy breakthrough like wow i used to actually believe that like you would only be my friend dom if i was a new york times bestseller if i tied a world record if i had so and so if i consulted those companies if i was a trillionaire right and Mm -hmm. uh, my wife texted me this the other day and she said a lot of people suffer when you don't realize your sovereignty Us included, because when you don't accept how good you are for being yourself, you rob us of the ability to love you because you don't love you. That's right. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And so, you know, I I realize now that all of those things were required in order for me to have this clarity, right? I'm pretty stubborn and tenacious at the same (laughs) time, right? And so the average person would get smacked in the face of the two by four and learn their lesson. And I'm like, Oh, I still have 16 teeth left. So yeah. let's go again. Right?
2: Yeah. What you're saying is so powerful here, George, is that I suppose the question that's coming to my mind is what is it like to accumulate these accolades? Cause so many people, myself included run around trying to get these accolades, right. And then to become a New York times bestselling author, to hold a world record in box jumping, to be the number one app in the app store in your category and then to not feel joy, right? Like, can you dig into that experience of hitting the top of all of those categories and then feeling the absence of joy? Like what took its place?
0: Yeah, oh, oh my, Uh, anger, sadness, depression. I remember, I'll just, I'll tell you a story. So my book came out on June 10th of 2014 and I'll be really frank, I'm only a New York Times bestseller because my publisher told me I couldn't do it. Hmm. And they didn't know me at the time. They didn't know that that was my trigger. But they were like, there's no way your email list isn't big enough. You only have 4,000 people. You don't have enough fans. So I obsessed for nine months about developing the best marketing plan, strategy, adding value. And of course, there's pockets of genius and things that I still do to this day that was amazing. But my come from was all for the wrong reasons. It was predicated on transaction on outside validation and all these things. And so I remember- And
2: proving someone wrong, right? Proving
0: somebody wrong, for sure, which was my whole life, right? Like that was everything that was stacked against me. So I remember it was July 10th, actually right around this time of the year back in 2014. And we took a family vacation to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, my family, my wife and her family. And they rented out this entire restaurant and surprised me with a celebration party, right? Every window is plastered with the book, New York Times bestseller, blah, 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 right? And there were people that flew in from all over the country, and I'll never forget, I walked in, and everybody screamed and said, congratulations, and I yelled, and I said, "Ollie, you can go fuck yourself. You yelled that at them? I did. I did. Why? I didn't want to. And then my wife's like, what's your problem? I said, why are we having a party? I only hit number four on the list. Huh. I didn't even realize that it was coming out of me, right? Like, I had no conscious awareness that, like... I had anger, I had resentment, but literally I looked at that entire accomplishment like it was a failure because I was so disconnected from myself and what was important. I thought that because it wasn't number one, none of those people would love me. None of those people belonged in that room. And so instead of realizing that that belief was false, I allowed it to be true and my actions actually made it true. I pushed them away. I was cold, I was disconnected and I was the one who was playing in this. And so, you know, for me, you know when i think about it you know the accolades for me were all about compensation and, and trying to find a grasp some semblance of control right like the way that i saw it was that if i could do this and i could create this then i was in control and if i was in control of my life then i was safe nobody could hurt me i couldn't get abused again i couldn't get left again i couldn't get taken advantage of i couldn't get you know taken from i couldn't lose my money i couldn't lose my relationship because i controlled everything yep and so When that happened, I was like, well, I can't control it. Look, you failed again. You're about to get hurt. So instead of being open and sad or even happy, I suppressed those emotions and I covered it with anger like, look, I'm not good enough. And I collected it as evidence to move on to the next thing. And so it's really, really, really interesting because now where I am in my life and looking back... I've found zero joy in any accomplishment whatsoever because it's the finish line. And now where I'm in my life, I love the process because that's where my growth happens every day, right? And, you know, it's interesting because back then I was doing things to create quote unquote social media results, right? Or that Instagram life or like what everybody saw in the world, but... When you saw twenty two week New York Times bestseller, I was losing forty grand a month in business because I was neglecting the things that would have moved the needle. Hmm. When you saw a million followers on social media, I was depressed and using social media as my escape from my own feelings. When you saw me smiling with a picture of my family, I was posting a picture of my wife to check a box because I didn't know how to love her behind the scenes. And so for every one of those accomplishments, I can tell you the pain that I was in. And I was really, quite frankly, screaming for help and not knowing how. And so I was sharing my feelings. I was sharing my fears. I was sharing what was there without having the confidence or the self-love or the acceptance of my own voice to just be like, hey, guys, I don't have it all together. I am not you know, quote unquote, perfect. I'm posting this because I'm afraid that I'm unlovable unless it's perfect. I'm posting this because I'm afraid that you won't like me unless I look this way or I feel this way or I have these things. And so, you know, for me, it was a very, very empty, dark time. And it goes back all the way, basically from 18 to 32 was when I lived this life, right? I, you know, I sit here and, you know, Dom and I are in video, but I have a shadow box behind me in the military. And I was literally recognized across the board, awards, accolades, And so every time I would lose a Marine and I would be in pain, rather than feel the pain, I would internalize it, turn it into rage and be like, I'm going to go win this award. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. And quite frankly, it almost killed me. It almost killed me because that's not an unlimited fuel source, right? Like insecurity reaction, it runs out, right?
2: Let's talk about that, George, because your anger and your rage have extraordinary energy, especially when you focus it. When someone tells you you can't, like you'll never be a New York Times bestseller, that anger, that rage, and you get focused, and then it leads to this achievement, right? And, and I know there are many of our listeners who are energized, are fueled by either insecurity or by fear or by ego or by anger, and I'm, I'm speaking as, as someone who's been in all of those places before as well. Was it scary for you to wean yourself off of those emotions because- when you've built your whole life around that being your fuel source and it leading to those accomplishments, it's almost like stepping into the abyss and saying like, I don't even know what other energy source there is. And I don't know who I am without what I've been used to from the ages of 18 to 32.
0: Totally. I think the important part when I think about all of that was that I didn't let go of the energy. I acknowledge that that's where it was coming from. Okay. Like the biggest distinction for me. And I think that this would help a lot of people because this is something I struggle with, right? Like when I was there, I didn't know I was there. And then when I started having awareness that I was there, right? Like people like, hey, this is an ideal. This is an ideal. I lived in that paradigm of like, I'm broken. What do I do to fix it? What do I do to fix it? What do I do to fix it? Right? Like I was looking for a path. I was looking for a checklist, which is another exhausting process because it's all compensation and doing this. And then the big distinction for me was realizing that it's not the energy that was bad. It was the unacknowledgement or lack of awareness of the energy. Like, I'm a human. I experience emotions. We mm-hmm. all
3: do. I wanted to pick up a fight with a guy at a beach. <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, really, like, because, you know, they were playing ball, nothing. And cute situation. But somehow I, I felt my family is, is in threat, you know. Like, so then something else came through, right? Mm-hmm. An old habit. Luckily... I didn't go into a fight like what I would have in the past, you know, like, okay, what the heck. Mm-hmm. And then I, I could switch in two minutes, but this was like, wow, where did this come from? And then I recognized, oh, there was still a pattern uh, that was right away triggered, maybe by the voice, a particular style of the guy looking at me at the beach, whatever. Something got triggered and we are never done. And then it's this, and it's perfectly fine, and it's okay. Then I went to this guy. Hey, say sorry if I was rough, and apologize immediately, and good friends, and all good again. You know, like, but but we never know what comes through. Yeah, and and that's that's perfectly all right. Yeah, I think uh,
0: like I this is just like a walking value bomb of everything that we've talked about. Um, and my, it just triggers my brain. It's so validating for all the work that I do and have invested in myself because it's, it's really, it's really refreshing. And and the one thing, um, my buddy Stephanos and I talk about all the time is that, you know, I still have parts of me as an entrepreneur, as a human that wants a finish line, like that wants a finish line. So what I did is I replaced the finish line with awareness and I tell myself the finish line is when I'm aware in spite of action. Right. And so agnostic of action. And so, I understand my psyche right now and I'm like, I need that finish line. It's like, so my finish line today is to be aware of what's happening and do nothing with it. Like just to be Mm. aware. And Mm. I think it's just such a profound distinction and and thought process to keep with, right? Like I I wrote an email the other day about a lot of the times we end up with problems because we don't ask the right questions. Yes. You know, when we think about this, like, really, no matter what you do, you throw out all the bullshit that you see of like, oh, write these 12 emails and I'll get you a million dollars or you're you're one funnel Mm -hmm. away. I'm like, no, no, you might be one funnel and 843 edits away. Yeah. But you have to continually be in this game. Like, it's an infinite game and it's a game. It's something that has to be played and practiced. And, you know, you can't. Drop the ball and then be like, I quit. I'm done forever. Or my favorite analogy yeah. that yeah. lands every time is get a flat tire and slash the other three. It's like, no, change yeah. the tire. Yeah. Maybe yeah. don't drive through the pothole next time yeah. and keep going. Yeah. And, and it's about resiliency and, you know, forgiveness and awareness. So I don't know. I don't even know. you have anything else you want to say? Like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm happy as a pig and shit you know,
3: right now. As this is related to business, uh, two, two questions for everybody, for all entrepreneurs. First of all, why are you really playing this game? If you're just in for the money, ask yourself, okay, I reached the goal. And then what? If your fantasy is exit, why don't you fucking exit? (laughs) Right away, you know, just, you can live in the streets. You absolutely can. I had the happiest face on, on the ego level fulfillment, right? By having around 100 bucks a month to live as, as in, in retreat, more or less, and sometimes not knowing next week where the next food will come from. You think you cannot have this, it's an illusion. No, if you want to ex- if you just hustle in order to quit working one day, just don't bother. Stop hustling right away. If not, ask yourself, what am I looking for? What kind of validation? What do I want to prove to myself? Or to whom do I want to prove? Whatever. And guess what? You do not need to accomplish anything to be worthy. You do not need to accomplish anything to be a fully happy happy, functional human being that can live a fulfilled life. I think it's
0: time. I think it's time we give everybody the gift. I think it's time. So what are these things that people can take right now? And if you're listening to this remember the time hack if you don't have a pen if you're driving do not take notes take mental notes if you were sitting there and you can write write these things down because these are going to be extremely important for you to be able to help you move the needle in your business and set you up to win in the future so corey uh let's have your zone of genius my friend
4: all right folks there's three things that you can do right now that will help your business move forward the first is knowing your why why are you doing what you do because if you say that it's to make money and be rich uh, it's probably not a good goal. I want to challenge you to change that a little bit. Your why is something that's tied to your family. Your why is something that's tied to your inner motivation. Your why is about more than you. Um, who are you trying to help and why? If you don't know your why, and I'm talking deep down, if you if you don't know how to find your why, just try talking to George. He'll pull it out of you. Okay, might be with a couple tears, but it's worth it. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, and that's, intang- or that, that's intangible. Like, you can't really like touch that, know your why, right? So I'm gonna give you the second one which is a more tangible, okay? And that is know your COGS, your costs of goods and services. If you have a digital platform, like Lean Green Dad that sells a digital meal plan, your COGS are very low because they are things like my time. How much time does it take for me to build um, the meal plan each week? And it is custom built each week. Trust me. Um, you know, but how much is your time worth? You should know that. That is a cog, right? That is a cog. And then, you know, the biggest thing, like I'm serious, guys. Like a spreadsheet, an actual sheet with formulas in it that maps out every single thing that you have. Because I've put together offers for companies before that um, they were super excited about. And we blew it away, but they had a 10% profit margin. What? Why? What? Like, you can't do that. The profit margin was so low because it cost them so much to ship their product. It was a unique product. But still, like, no, back to the drawing board. Don't start your advertising until you have a cog sheet in place. I
0: think I know and what it, that company is, right?
4: Uh, no. Uh, yeah, it was Bread. It was Bread.
0: Oh, no, yeah, I, I do know that one.
4: I do know that one. They, they yeah. were small. Okay, yeah. so cool. Whatever. Um. Okay, so... That's that. Oh, yeah. You're talking about ice cream, right? Yeah.
2: Now. Oh, yeah. That was the yeah, other that one. <laughs> one,
4: too. Good lord. Don't even get me started. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So that's two. Know your cogs. Um, And number three, um, don't. Okay. This is big, guys. Don't do things the way other people do things just because it's the way that they do them. You don't know if they work or not. I think everybody knows you can go to the Facebook page and look at page transparency and find the ads that competitors are running just because they're running ads doesn't mean they're successful and doesn't mean that you should just like try to do the same thing you need to have your own twist on it and you need to not doubt your own brilliance okay you have ideas you have great thoughts in there test them out be original like do something yourself i'm not saying you can't copy the model or the format because maybe something has worked and you can see how long an ad's been running If it's been running for eight months clearly it's profitable and maybe you should do that you don't need to recreate the wheel but you do need to infuse your own excellence and not do something the way that someone else has done it just because that's the way it's always been done or that's the way it happens like this game will only work if you flip it on its head Mm -hmm. this game you will stand out by caring more everything george does like you stand out because you care more, outcare your competition. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about outspending your competition or, you know, getting to this first or, you know, whatever. Just, just outcarry your competition. Mm-hmm. Those are my three.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it actually, when you, when you talk about that carve at the end, you talked about this earlier, right? Like you can copy and paste all day, but it never works. I watch people rip funnels and rip ideas and rip products, and then they get pissed that it doesn't convert. And I'm like, of course it's not going to convert because it's not you. It's incongruent. It doesn't match your morals, your values, your customers and your journeys and you get punished for it, right? And so, you know, the whole thing forever has been model genius, not copy genius, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like the thing is, is like if we know that like, this is like the three steps to start a car, well, great, you need to follow those three steps, but you can do it at your speed, your way, whatever, right? So what you're looking for, and this is what I challenge people all the time, what you want to look for is you want to look for the foundation, right? You want to look for the things that aren't, um changing every single day right like best principles right it's like oh no oh they have an ad that not that it says this or it does this in the video that like oh it's a piece of content that adds value without a call to action and then oh it leads to a a blog post that doesn't try to do anything right don't copy the blog post but be like wow i wonder if my audience would respond well to this video for five minutes that's all value based and then goes to a blog where i help them put it into practice right and you're looking for the principles don't don't try to match everybody's wrapping paper or try to forge their signature right it doesn't work right yeah. but you know that like certain things and certain processes work because that's how customers respond and that's human psychology pick a cliche ideas are shit execution is everything if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If it's in your head, it's not real. If it's not in your calendar, it's not going to work. It's true. I have 8,000 ideas that I want to do every single day. But the only ones that get done are the ones that I put in front of me in my calendar, on my to-do list, or I tell my team what to do. And most of the time... Our success is prevented by our obsession or distraction by consuming more details or thinking about it more or overthinking it or over planning it. Now, I do not want you to put something into practice that you will fail with, but there is a point and only you know that point where you must stop thinking and start acting. Name me one product that you've ever seen. That has gone to market, that has gone to market and looks identically the same as it did on day one. Does the iPod look the same? Does a laptop look the same? Does a physical product look the same? The digital courses look the same. The podcasts look the same. The purses look the same. The cars look the same. No. They get iterated. They get updated. They get reinforced. They get revisited. But without them being put into practice, without them being put into action, none of that can happen. Anything besides action is frozen. And I wrote a quote. Hold on. I got to find this this morning. I wrote a quote to Jim and I said, you either plan for your greatness or you accept your mediocrity. You either plan for your greatness or you accept your mediocrity. And so what is that thing in your life? What is that thing in your business? What is that thing in your practice? What is that thing in your diet, in your movement, in your exercise, in your team, in your culture? What is that thing that you've been thinking about that you want to fix that bothers you but haven't done anything about, haven't put one thing into practice? Whatever that thing is today... I want you to schedule it on your calendar sometime in the next seven days, ideally today. But I want you to open your calendar as you sit here and listen to this right now and carve out whatever time block you need to either reflect on it for 20 minutes and get clarity and then schedule in an implementation time or implement it right now, today, tomorrow, the next day. But I want you to take that thing and you know what that thing is. As you hear this, it just popped into your brain. That thing. And I don't want any excuses. Don't try to find another one. That thing. You know what it is. Nobody else knows but you. The one that every time you think about it, there's another reason not to do it. Or you start it and then you procrastinate. You start it and you start something else. I want you to do that thing. And I want you to make it real. So what you need to do is you need to schedule time in your calendar today, non-negotiable, right now, and plan a time. To then either implement that or get clarity and then implement that so you can move the needle in your business or your life or your health or your fitness or your relationship or anything. And then I want you to tell somebody that you're going to do it. That is the biggest key. Accountability will create your greatness. You need to think about that thing that you just found. You need to schedule it in and you need to tell somebody. And don't you dare tell somebody that isn't going to hold you accountable. If you want, DM me. Send me a DM. I'll hold you accountable. I promise. And I will read and respond to every one of them. What is that thing? When are you doing it in the next seven days? And who are you going to tell? You either plan for your greatness or you accept your mediocrity. And at the end of the day, the choice is yours. So start taking those ideas, start trusting your gut, your intuition, your wisdom, and start putting them into practice so you actually have a chance of winning the game. Because you can study playbooks all day. You can run books, read books on running. You could read books on weightlifting. You could read books on running a marathon. But until you put your shoes on and go run, you won't get better. Until you put your pads on and go onto the field, you won't get to practice the play. And today is the day to plan for your greatness. That's another episode of Monday Minutes. Remember, listen to this. Put it into practice right now. If you need a reminder, come back and listen to this again. Follow the rules, follow the steps, and go set your week up to absolutely crush and start moving yourself forward towards your goals right now. Until the next episode, I will see you on Winning Wednesdays. Remember that relationships always beat algorithms, and I love you. Out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show.